to On the Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us, and where we fucked it right up. Join us on the Wet Coast. common question I get when talking about expressing needs during sex is, doesn't it wreck the mood? As infuriating as I find that question, I know it's not the fault of the person asking since they can't help but have learned the lesson that any discussion is a mood killer. From the first love scenes we ever see on screen, our culture indoctrinates us with the idea that sexy times should just flow. There's no discussion of who might want what or how, but somehow if we're doing it right, there's a telepathic link between the couple that means everyone just knows. Expressing our needs and wants, as well as negotiating and communicating ongoing consent, doesn't fit into the flow narrative. And while many of us have decided to rewrite the rules of what constitutes a committed relationship, we're still resistant to throwing out the myth of the flow. I'm Kat Stark, and on this episode of On the Wet Coast, Flick Morrison and I discuss the toxic myth of the flow and how more talking can actually mean better sex. Hey, Flick. Hey, thanks for having me on our podcast. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for joining us. <laughs> So, um, what does, uh, what does going with the flow usually mean? Um, I mean, in the movie sense. <laughs> Everybody just knows and... Yeah, well, I mean, you, you just, you see pretty much every love scene and they, you know, they start kissing and they, you know, quickly take off clothes and then you often will see him kind of crawl down the body of the female person and you know her sort of arching her back and then next thing you know penetration they're doing it that just seems to be the that's a hundred percent how it goes the narrative yeah. yeah um and uh well i think i think that what what happens is you know that's that uh fictional narrative is the only thing that really models sexuality for a lot of people because yeah. we don't get we don't get sex education and certainly not, you know, about sort of, you know, pleasure and negotiation, you know, the sex education that people get from, from their, um, from at home generally aren't around these things either, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, uh, so, so where do we get it? Well, we're going to get it from media. And so whether it's the, you know, uh, whether it's sexy mainstream movies or porn, there's there's no negotiation. Everyone just no, you know they. It's yeah. been it's actually been choreographed. It's yeah. a it's a dance. It's not actually a sex scene. It's it's a dance. Yeah, yeah. And the porn flow narrative is a very different one because yes. it's much more about blowjobs and face slapping and choking and and banging someone senseless as opposed to the sort of romantic, you know. Kind yeah, of, with with the stringed music playing over. Yeah, and, you know. yeah. A lot of back arching and open mouths. And I mean, you know. That happens during actual sex too, but uh... well, I th- I think that the 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 a lot of what um creates this this idea um that you know that that comes into the the media and so that feeds our expectations that you know we're just going to know there's there's a couple things one is is the the myth of being able to like you know read each other and yeah. and understand right because um the, the there's 
just just because somebody's in into you doesn't necessarily they're they're into everything that you are interested in in doing with them right mm-hmm. and so quote reading somebody and reading the situation can be very misled because they're like you know they they really want to do stuff with you but the you know they may not actually want to do things and you know in the you know that the sequence that that you've scripted um and the um you know the the other thing is that um we can show actually pretty pretty suggestive content even on network television you know you can you can show somebody on top of somebody and you can show naked backs and you can show side boobs you can show simulated sex on television yeah but you can't say dirty words you can't talk about what you're gonna do yeah right you can you can you know you can you can basically fuck somebody on tv but you can't talk about fucking them yeah right and so that's why we uh, another big reason why we don't actually see negotiation language because um it you know it would it would raise uh a rating on tv so that it couldn't it couldn't be shown it would it would turn a pg-13 movie into an x-rated movie yeah yeah that's interesting that that the discussion of it is so threatening that um you know using any of the words uh would would constitute yeah an issue with that ratings board that is super fun and not corrupt at all. (laughs) Um, And it really, I mean, it suggests to us that there's kind of only one way sex should go. Like it's going to be heterosex. It's going to be male led. It's going to be male centered Um, that, you know, it's basically everything that happens is in preparation for penetration. And that even, you know, the idea of, of going down on, on a woman in these scenes is really just about, getting her ready, ready yeah. as opposed to getting her off. It's not like, right. Hey, I'm doing this because I want to pleasure you in this way. Um, it's like, lick, 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 are you wet enough yet? You know, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then, um, so it's really, it, it's really directed to just go this specific way. And it's interesting because really when they are modeled, um, which is very rarely blowjobs really are, about pleasure, mm-hmm. whereas cunnilingus is really about preparation. Interesting, yeah. Um, in in sort of mainstream films, it's also really interesting um, how because it's um, you know be, because women are so much more sexualized than men are, you know the we we almost pretend that the penis doesn't exist, right? We we never we never mm. see it. We we don't see. We typically don't see, uh, you know, blowjobs. We don't see handjobs, you know, even in yeah. like certain, you know, suggested in profile. It's, it's a much less common. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, there's this this weird kind of um, phallophobia thing that goes on in in uh, in mainstream sex scenes. Yeah. And especially, you know, especially on American television, because America yes. just has the really puritanical. Um, that's not necessarily the case as much with other things. And in fact, um, I just have been watching a, a show called Normal People um, on the CBC app, which I guess Americans probably can't get, but you can probably get the show somehow. Um, and it's based on a Sally Rooney novel uh, set in Ireland. And there's some of the hottest, like, heterosex that I think I've ever seen on, like, a TV show. Um in like forever um but uh one of the things notably is 
is that you see his penis multiple times. Um, I don't think it's ever erect when you see it, but like they're lounging around and, and you see her tits like through this whole thing because they're <laughs> naked a lot and they don't have the, you know, gr- gracefully draped um, blanket and stuff like that. Um, yeah, those those blankets that are yes. like long <laughs> enough to cover the torso on one side, yeah. but not the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, that. Uh, yeah, so I was. It was quite surprising to uh, see as much uh, as much peen as uh, as I did in in that. And she actually has a, a furry bush as well. Well, the, the uh, even though the language that we do have around sex is very steered towards the penetration being the real act of sex. Yes. Right. The and so you know often. People complain about there not being enough foreplay yeah. in media, but just the idea that foreplay is a thing, yeah. as opposed to these these other, anything other than penetration also being sexual acts. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the the idea of foreplay is is very problematic in that sense, in that this is just stuff that we do to get everybody in the mood for the real sex for the real sex here comes the real sex yeah Yeah. piv um yeah it's very much so and and the fact that you know oral sex has the word sex in it yeah (laughs) oral sex isn't necessarily considered sex by a lot of people um it's like oh we didn't have sex you know i blew him um it's yeah it's an interesting um thing and and pretty messed up and and what contributes to a lot of the the dysfunction in a lot of relationships in that like we haven't had sex in you know x amount of time yet you know there's been oral sex there's been hand jobs there's maybe yeah. been mutual masturbation there's you know all this but you know we haven't had sex the um so there there's an expectation especially on uh you know uh, people assign men at birth that they are going to just they're going to be good at sex so they're going to yeah. know what to do and they're going to be good at it you know in reality people like different things people like yeah. sex differently and so um you know i think for you know i think for for a lot of people it's like okay you know i i'm just supposed to know what to do so you know i'm, I'm just going to do what i think is is appropriate in this in this situation and the idea of talking about it number one may reflect some insecurity on my part number two maybe i'm i'm just not super comfortable with communication in general yeah right and so the idea of talking about this is like it's a little awkward yeah um and number three uh if penetration is my goal then anything that i do to uh, you know, to talk about, you know, things, it, it jeopardizes that goal. I might, I might fuck it up. Yeah. You know, I might, I might, I might say the wrong thing. might be, you know, and, and like, it's like, oh, maybe you, maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you want to do something else. You know, like, so, yeah. so that it puts, um, it, it does potentially put a lot more pressure on people that are, that are already feel a lot of pressure around sexual performance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and I know when I was young, um, like when I was in my 20s, well, I guess in, in my teens, first having sex and even into my 20s, you know, I didn't, I wasn't ever able to get myself off um, until I got 
a magic wand. And then for, you know, 20 years, I could only get myself off with a magic wand. So I considered, because pleasure is never taught as part of anything, um, I considered oral sex and that to be a waste of time on me Mm. because I wasn't going to have an orgasm. And so we might as well get to the real sex. Um, And so, yeah, I, I wasn't into foreplay for like a long, 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 long time because, you know, it didn't work kind of thing. Like it wasn't worth the time. Like, let's just get to the fucking. And so, yeah. And so even, even, um, even if you don't consider penetration to be the only thing, you're almost certainly going to think that orgasm is the objective. Yeah. And, And didn't ever just, yeah. Like I didn't know that I could just experience oral sex as pleasure as pleasure um or that you know getting fingered and and all that stuff like was pleasure and was a thing that that was for me to experience and that that was good (laughs) um you know um so yeah it is we're, we're just definitely not given that knowledge and and i mean i'm 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 glad that a certain amount of of younger people are now at least somewhat exposed to the lesson that pleasure is a thing like they're they're not getting it in sex ed if they're getting sex ed at all um but through exposure with with things on the internet and and you know things like teen vogue and scarlet teen and and that kind of thing there is some access to that information now that hopefully younger people growing up will maybe have a slightly healthier relationship with it i think there is a cultural shift but i think there is still a a a big gap between i think there's there's even though there's a broader idea of sex and there's a broader idea of pleasure and not necessarily being you know objective based sex uh, i think there's still a real dearth of like actual communication about sex there's still the idea of going with the flow being in the moment yeah yeah and and that if you if you love me enough or if i love you enough we just know it'll click. We just know. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, and, and uh, just to, to uh, a, fi- a final thought on, wh- on what you just said, um, sometimes, especially when it's like, you know, really early with a new partner and there's a lot of excitement and intensity. Yeah. Um, it going with the flow because of the extra excitement and intensity you can actually get a lot of pleasure out of stuff that you're not really super into or excited about just because the excitement of the partner yeah really kind of you know um spills over the you know sort of your 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 normal kind of interests and stuff so i think that that can also interfere with the idea of you know uh communication based sex and when uh, you know, when that wears off and you stop getting pl- that kind of so much pleasure with that partner, you know, you, you think that something's broken now. As, yeah. and, right. And so. Um, so, yeah, there are there are a lot of things that can reinforce the idea that um, that if you if you can't if you don't just click, then it means it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And like this, 
this whole episode came about um, somewhat based on a, a threesome I was involved in, I think late last year sometime, um, where I was the unicorn with a couple and it was my first time with them. And I think, think it was their first time having a threesome. And I had great communication um, with the woman who was there and she was excellent at asking questions and confirming and, you know, double checking and that sort of thing. And the guy that was there who was admittedly, he was, he was a bro, like he was a, a yoga bro, which I feel like is a bit more of a, of a knowledgeable centered kind of bro, but broga. Yeah. Broga. Um, but, but yeah, he, he definitely had a bit of that attitude and, during the threesome at one point when he started doing something to me I don't quite remember what it was she stopped him and said like did you ask if you could do that and he's like oh I just kind of thought we were here so you know it was a given and I hadn't stopped him when he started doing the thing because I liked what he was doing um if I'd had a problem with it I would have stopped it but it was sort of at that point where the Edudating felt like a little more intense than I was willing to do at that point. And I just, I started somewhat just going with the flow because <laughs> it was just a bit easier then. And, um, but yeah, it, I just kind of was like, no, it's, it's, I am enjoying it, you know, please proceed. Um, but she and I recently talked about it and had, we, you know, we had never touched face afterward um, other than like, hey, how are you? And we talked about it and she said that, you know, she'd been a bit worried about how it had gone. And and I said, oh, no, I had a great time um, with you. Um, <laughs> you know, the reason that I didn't sort of initiate something else was, you know, I just really wasn't that into him. Um, and, you know, mentioned a thing about, you know, how great her communication was and and she said that he had scolded her after for like breaking the mood for for wrecking the mood by asking all the time and i was like oh no 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 you did it right he was the one that was doing wrong and uh you know he like wrecking the flow wrecking the mood and so i just thought this is something we need to talk about um on like sort of at length on a podcast so <laughs> here we are um because i think it is something that happens um regularly and especially in these situations when you have a new person like certainly when you've been together with someone for many years you you can develop a bit of a shorthand because you you do get to know each other but it doesn't mean that that shorthand's always right yeah um but you know yeah you can you can get that sort of thing going a bit but when you've got a brand new person in a brand new situation yeah all of that goes out the window and um i think that's why like you know borrowing from the kinksters and actually having like really specific negotiations can be really beneficial in like, especially non-monogamy kind of situations. Well, the, the, the whole use, using the, the negotiation model, which is in a way almost like creating a, a menu of things that you are intend to do together and not deviating from that, that menu yeah. is sort of the, the kinkster model. And I think that, um, uh, I think that it can sort of feel easier outside of kink to kind of deviate from that in in the moment yeah. um, because you, you don't sort of have the, the safety concerns, but you still have the same issues of 
feeling like um like objecting to the thing that you don't want may jeopardize getting the thing that you do want yes right and so there there are lots of like meta considerations around that other than even just the pleasure that you want in this you know uh, particular encounter um you know an example might be like uh somebody i don't like somebody biting my lip Mm-hmm. And I might not say something about it because I don't want to quote spoil the mood if they're like biting my lip because, you know, I there's there's other stuff I want to do. And, yeah. and it feels like I might jeopardize that other stuff if I, you know, if I object to having my lip bitten. Um, and um, but there's also, of course, other considerations like, you know, my my ongoing friendship with this person. Yeah. Or, you know. Um, professional opportunities right so mm. there's a lot of things that can that can you know uh really tweak what negotiation it really means in yeah. the moment yeah and i think that's part of why i love to have a detailed discussion like in, in advance adv- in advance yeah. of taking off our clothes or or even you know in a in a text thing um in advance or whatever it, and sometimes but sometimes you forget things yeah. like I, you know, I have some sort of a possibly extensive list of things I don't like. Um, <laughs> but you, you might not think to say like, don't oh, bite my lip, don't bite my lip until it happens. Cause yeah. you're like, Oh, I forgot that was a thing people did yeah. that I don't like. Right. Um, you know, and then you sort of put it on your mental list for the next time you're having that negotiation. Because if you say in advance, like, Oh, I love kissing, kissing's my favorite, but please don't bite my lip. Um, then you know then it's out there and yeah, yeah. and there it, it will hopefully be a little a landmine that you manage to step around but yeah i can definitely see the the concern about everything grinding to a halt mm-hmm. at that point and and it's like no i still wanted to do things yeah. um but i i think um you know for for me like um some people might have have trouble uh you know sort of not being awkward and accidentally injecting some intensity in, into that moment, yeah. which is, which is the, you know, the, the, the risk that they fear. Right. right. And so, um, what, you know, the, the, the strategy that I, I just invented right now would, okay. would be to, um, to not, not think of it as something that they have done wrong, but that it's something that, that you forgot to mention. Right. And, yeah. and so, and it's not even like, you know, a bad thing that you forgot. It, it just didn't come up. And so, you know, just say, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention I, I don't like uh, my lip being bitten. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just just something really, really gentle, not like, you know, sort of stopping and making intense eye contact. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and um, but just, you know, just just something really, really sort of, you know, gentle and, and not not making it something that they're doing wrong. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you know, with kink negotiations, there's often a lot of physical safety. Yes. At going on, but you know, in in you know, vanilla sex or you know, just sex in general, you know, there is also physical safety mm-hmm. um, as a concern and emotional safety and and not just like STI prevention kind of thing, but it, you know, if if something is happening to you that you really don't like you're not safe you're in not that safe, moment. No. Um, 
and you know maybe it's something that you're enduring like lip biting because you just are kind of like well you know I don't like this but it's not something I like I hate so much that I can't just kind of put up with it a bit um that but yeah you're like you're still even if you're sort of enduring something like you're not you're not safe no no you're you're not and and um you know and you'll and the um the the harm that you feel in enduring it um can can linger right yeah. it can you know it's it's a thing that you can you can think think back on and can you know can and can create you know sort of more resistances and barriers and you know and and kind of create that that anxiety cycle of just kind of you know shrinking your experiences mm-hmm. you know and if the person you're with is is like a good kind loving person which hopefully those are the kind of people we get to play with, they're going to feel terrible if they know this is a thing that they put you through. So you're often, you know, better speaking up in the moment and better not like waiting till later to be like, Oh yeah. When we were fooling around, like just so you know, that's not a thing I like. So if we fool around again, can you not do that? But they're like, I know I would be like, like I would just, I would feel awful about what I had done to someone to put them through that. So, well, you know, the the thing is that when we are, you know, really, really in any time in our everyday lives, but you know, particularly in sexual contact, we can never be completely certain that we are not doing something that um, is traumatizing the person that we are with. Yeah, because you know part of the way their trauma might manifest would be might be to just be agreeable to yeah. everything you know yeah. and uh and and so um you know no no matter how much we negotiate no matter how much we you know we we pre-plan and pre-talk you know we we can never have complete certainty that we are not harming the person we are with but the more that we the more that we um uh the more that we negotiate the more that we talk um the 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 more we reduce that risk yeah but i really want to say um negotiation does not give us permission to ignore what we observe in our partner yeah yeah and this is and this is a a real problem sometimes is that people you know that they they it's like okay we've we've negotiated it now I don't I don't need to pay attention. I can yeah. I can ignore my gut about, you know, how this person is feeling because, you know, they agreed to it and they haven't they haven't expressed changing their mind. Yeah. When in reality, we can see their body. Yeah. That they that they are changing their mind if we are if we're actually being honest with ourselves and looking for it. Yeah. And as someone who sometimes loses their words and I just tend to get very still mm-hmm. if, you know, like the fact that I haven't moved in like a minute, you know, if that's something that you're ignoring is, is not great. Um, and so, yeah, like a lot of people do lose access to their words. Yes. And so that it is really on us to, to make sure we are observing and, you know, checking in and, and the check-in doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be awkward. Like, I'm awkward, so, I mean, kind of anything <laughs> I do is probably going to come off awkward. But, yeah, like, checking in about something doesn't have to be, like... like is this okay? Yeah, this stilted, you know, like, may I kiss you, kind of. Um, but, you know, it's, like, 
sexy kind of like, I really want to kiss you. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, you know, do you like, do you like what I, do you like this? Like, does this, does it feel good when I lick your pussy? You know, like that kind of thing. You you can get kind of feedback that way that yeah. doesn't have to be um, the really stilted kind of conversation. And or I it's think like, it, you know, do you, do you want me, you know, um, uh, do you want me to put my mouth on you or do you want me to keep stroking you? You know, yeah. is there something, you know, uh, do you like this or is there something else you want me to do? You know, there's, there's ways that you can, you can ask stuff without sort of that, that, you know, um, every, uh, just every five seconds saying, is this okay? Yes. Yeah. Cause you know, we, and we all want better than okay. <laughs> like <laughs> really, you know, cause if it's, is this okay? If it's okay, like, uh, like we want it better than okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, and, and the thing is that, that the, um, pe- people see, uh, you know, sort of negotiating and check-in as jeopardizing the mood. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in my experience that even if you're not really very good at this, it enhances the mood. Yeah. Right. It can, it can take a lot of the, it can actually take a lot of the awkward tension out of it. When you, you know, when you're, when you're talking, it, you know, it's, and, um, you, you know, and, and just, just sort of, you know, acknowledging the, the weirdness a little bit and, mm-hmm. and just kind of having a fun and lightness about it. I, you know, I, I really like, um, how, uh, Marsha Baczynski, uh, Baczynski, I get it right the first time. You got it right the first time the first and then doubted life, yourself. Uh, the way Marsha Baczynski talks about, you know, trying, right. When we, when we talk about doing, then we're becoming very achievement and you know focused mm-hmm. you know we're we're trying to trying to win the gold medal in sex whereas when we talk about trying it's like you know uh we let's let's try this let's try that and and so it 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 relieves a lot of the kind of performance uh anxiety around it mm-hmm. but i did want to before we before we skip ahead um acknowledge that in abusive situations sometimes enduring that we talked about is not great sometimes it's your safest choice Hey friends, I just wanted to insert a content warning here. Over the next two minutes, we will be discussing sexual assault. And so if you want to uh, skip anything about that, please skip ahead for two minutes and uh, then we'll resume the other discussion. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And and in fact, um, a lot of people carry a lot of shame yeah. about going with the flow when in reality as a way of protecting themselves it's like oh you know why didn't i say no why didn't i why didn't i push him why you know why didn't why didn't i do x when you know when when in reality i you know i i support that person doing what they needed to do to to be safe in that situation and if that was the safest thing you know um you know sometimes people uh people make choices um because they can, the idea of of having to now be someone who has been raped um, is a really traumatic, overwhelming thought. And and so for for them, you know, the idea of of maybe you know going along with something that felt a little bit coercive, um, you know, it it, it feels better to them than than the risk that mm-hmm. uh, that that represented. Yeah, and I know there's, you know, I've talked to people who had you know, questions about, you know, women who had accused people, you know, when the Me Too movement was coming bigger and bigger and saying, like, 
you know, well, she went to the apartment and she did this, like the victim blaminess kind of stuff. And I, and I did say to the woman, like, like, did you ever like just give someone a blowjob to get out of, you know, having to do something else? And she just kind of was like, oh, yep. You know, because it's like, oh, well, if I go with this, like I'm choosing the less awful thing. It's like, I don't want to do either of these, but if I give him a blowjob, you know, he'll come and I can get out of there. And so it's, it, you know, we are acknowledging that as much as we, you know, we wish that this was never a thing that one had to think about, it is definitely safety um, is a thing. And we need to acknowledge that that is, is a piece here. At first, an open marriage seems like the greatest thing in the world to Natalie and Sean. Adding a bunch of new, hot people to their already excellent sex life? What could be better? Then they meet Beth, a queer single mom with a lesbian partner, and things become complicated. After some fun dating as a threesome, Beth and Sean fall in love, and Natalie feels pushed to the side by both her former lover and her husband. As Sean and Beth begin celebrating new milestones and plan their first trip together as a couple, Natalie is thrown for a loop and longs for a time that being open felt sexy and fun. Natalie starts seeking that fun for herself and, after many naughty adventures and a few false starts, finds her own unexpected love. Join Natalie, Sean, and Beth in a funny, sexy, surprising story as they navigate the challenges of deciding that when it comes to the amount of love in their lives, they choose more. Get Cat Stark's new novel, Waking Up Polyamorous, in ebook or paperback at your favorite online retailer. Yeah, you you brought it. You brought up sort of um, talking in advance, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and this this can be a great way to, um, you know, so that when you are together. Um, you can sort of, you know, f- flow a little bit more because yeah. you've, you've talked a bit about what you, you know, what your common interests are, what you're interested in doing together. But also having talked about it before makes it easier to talk about it when you're together. Yeah. Because, you know, you've already, you've already, you know, kind of exposed yourself a little bit, had some, you know, you, it, it can be a little bit, um, a little bit awkward asking somebody to lick your ass unless you, you know, you, you know that they're into that. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, like, um, as, as part of like, you know, kind of, kind of flirting and, uh, and stuff beforehand, you know, actually talking about, about interests and stuff you'd like to, like to do together can be, can be a great way to, um, uh, you know, to, uh, well, and, and it, it can help to get your excitement up yeah. for, for, you know, what you're going to do. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can also, like learn a lot from from a lot of queer sex is that like there's a bit of an advantage in some ways when people get together um that there isn't so much the default yes narrative yes that's right there's Um, no script yeah because you know and i'm sure there is a certain amount of that if if it's really obvious like this person's a top and this person is a bottom like it may have exactly the same narrative that we're (laughs) that we're talking about um but it yeah, there's there tends to be more of a like, hey, what are you into? Discussion that's not weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a normal thing. And, yeah. and in fact, it's um, from what I understand for a lot of gay men, it's 
it's just a thing that you might talk about on a first date, yeah, even if you're not de- going to have sex. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of this default discussion that's always had. Um, so having, you know, that be a default discussion that that's had, you know, especially in non-monogamy and, and swinging and, and any of those things, like, and I've noticed there is a lot more of that. Um, but I've also, there's a certain amount of self-selecting of people who I think would be into those sorts of conversations. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I, I find that with sort of other non-monogamous people, that um you know i i feel a a uh a kin a kinship to whether it's you know a, an attraction or just you know um friendship and camaraderie uh, i i love the you know the what are you into conversation it's 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 uh it's a fun fun topic but uh, i've found that you know some swingers yeah. that's like an opening line and I, I, I'm not into that. I'm not, I'm not into having this conversation as a first, you know. Yeah, yeah. As, as a step. What do you, to... you know, what are you into? Ah, uh, I'm into, you know, um, getting to know somebody before I talk about my sexual interests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And especially at a play party, I remember that, that couple that I was kind of into that, that he did say like what are you into and it's like i don't know like star wars like you know like it's just kind of like hard to like i need a lot more context like no what, if you're at a play party i know they, they mean you know what did i i i know but it's also like it it's like just because i'm into a thing doesn't mean i want to do the thing with you yes and so yeah. like that question what are you into is very difficult unless you're actually like sitting on the bed together like about to do something it as kind of a like hey how about i get to know you thing is is a really kind of crappy one because like uh, yeah i don't know how to answer that because i feel like if any answer i give might suggest that i would want to do that with them yeah that's fair and in fact that that is largely the intent of the question is yeah. to create you know a, a sexy sexy banter and find out what you know what the, what we might get to do together yeah yeah a, a great time to have the the advanced discussions that we were talking about is is when you're doing sti safety discussions like mm-hmm. um you know like many people um you know we we stop beforehand and and talk about when you were last tested you know what you might be testing positive or negative for um you know fluid bonding not you know all of that kind of thing you know what your barriers are required what's what so what are your needs? And, you know, I tend to add in in this point, like some, inter- you know, interesting for me, um, and some things about how my body works that is maybe different than than other people's bodies. Right. And so to just put up a few of those, like, please don't touch me in this, you know, extensive list of ways because I really don't like it and it's going to cause a problem, um, you know, in the in the moment if it happens. Um, and then that's what hopefully gets other people to to have some of those discussions, too. Yeah. And, you know, and, and sort of related to what we're talking about, the what are you into question? It's it's OK to know not want some things all the time. A lot of the things that I'm into are very situational, yeah. whether it's, you know, sort of how my body's feeling at the time or even the specific partner, you know, and yeah. and the sort of the the dynamic really affects what my interests are. Yeah. So you know, um, so often, you know, what are you into really means, you know, uh, what are you into right now yeah. with with us? Yeah, 
And it's really great when you can be open enough to have the discussion of like, hey, I am just not feeling well, doing well, whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. I would love to get together and do X. Yes. You know, and and if that person is then not into it, if they thought they were coming over for an epic fuck fest and you just kind of want to cuddle and maybe have a wank together, you know, they can then be like, yeah, thanks, but that's not what I'm into right now. Um, but sometimes they're going to be into that as well and be kind of relieved that yeah. like they, maybe they didn't feel up for it either and felt a lot of pressure and obligation to perform in a certain way. So, See, that's, that's, that's really great because um, one of the things that I think can be a real barrier to a lot of people um, getting the, you know, the, the connection and sexual contact that they crave is just not really feeling up to, you know, a lot. Yeah. Right. And, and so like just having something really kind of low key and nice, you know, I think it, it can, you know, just relieve a lot of pressure and tension from, from that, you know, so, uh, so, I th- you know, for, for people who, um, for people who may be struggling with, with, uh, with mental illness, so, you know, they, you know, it's like, well, I, I just, I just don't really, just don't really want to go through all, all the sort of trouble and stress of, you know, all this other stuff, but, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe like to, to make out and just, you know, uh, touch each other's genitals. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, or with, with chronic illnesses, you know, yes. chronic physical illnesses too, that sometimes your body just doesn't work the way that you want it to be. And, you know, and I always, I often feel a certain amount of performance required, especially mm. with people I don't know as well, that, that, you know, sex is both an experience and a performance that, yes. that, <laughs> that, you know, I need. Well, you want to impress people, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's fun to feel like, you know, the superstar. And... Yeah. And just like, just be really into it and, and help them feel good yeah. about what they're doing and, and not just kind of be like, yeah, that, yeah, that's nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's great. Um, but sometimes like all I've got is, yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to have those discussions in advance and, and be, to be clear and, and yeah, it's like, it's also totally fine to be the person who really wanted to come and just like bang like mad <laughs> and the person doesn't have that in them. And you're like, okay, thanks. I'm that's that, that doesn't work for me. Um, yeah. And you know, everyone gets to express their needs in those moments. You know, it's, it's interesting because sort of, it's been a few years since enthusiastic consent has sort of entered the, the lexicon. Um, and I think it's kind of getting a bit of main, mainstream traction as well. But there's been a lot of talk recently about the sort of ableism of that. And I feel like enthusiastic consent is a relative marker. Yeah. Right? So if if I'm having physical pain, if I'm having mental pain, you know, my enthusiastic uh, yes might be, you know, might be, uh, I, I'm, I'm not feeling great. I really want to do this with you. But, you know, the uh, this may not look like enthusiasm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and we did when we talked to uh, Carrie Hill on the podcast, we also talked about, you know, transactional consent in sex work, which, again, is not always going to be enthusiastic the way that like, fuck, yeah, yeah, Um, you know, it's um, it's enthusiasm in the sense of like. 
you know, sort of fully informed and fully, you know, um, and, and fully bought into it, right? Yeah. Um, and fully participating. It may not be enthusiastic in the sense that, you know, this is absolutely the person I want to be having sex with, and this is absolutely the sex act I want to be having. But, you know, it, it's, this is um, this is the uh, the role in the profession that I am performing right now. Yeah. You know, and it can be extra difficult for those to be socialized as girls and women to express their needs. Yes. Um, you know, slut shaming, if you know what you want, um, you know, like, oh, how do you how do you know so much about this? Like, oh how much God. of a slut are you that that you know how to do this well or, you know, you know what you want? Um can also be seen as just really needy or demanding to have like any needs whatsoever. Um, well, someone, someone I care about very deeply um, with uh, her partner of many years when, uh, when she started expressing sort of, you know, interest and in, like, you know, pleasure when they're having sex and maybe, you know, um, trying to trying to make sure that uh, she had orgasms when they're together. Um, he, um, he got, he got pissed off about that and said that it made him feel like he was a sex toy. And it's just heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking. You know, and this is, this, is a, this is a partner of many years that, you know, that, that said this to her and, uh, yeah. Yeah. You okay. Sort of. I mean, fuck that guy for so many reasons. I, I was thinking, I know, <laughs> I know who exactly who this is because that person is a complete piece of shit. But uh, yeah, because because it's not like like she wasn't being his sex toy. Exactly. Like it's fucking exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It just. Mm, I'm tearing up a bit, but. Um, but yeah, but that's that's the it's like you know um, why isn't my magic dick enough pleasure for you, right? It's and it's it's that. Uh, it's it's what we sort of talked about the 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 idea that the the man just knows the man just knows yeah. what to do the man knows how to how to give pleasure and um you know and and God forbid that somebody contradict that or you know and or burst that that uh, that ego bubble yeah and and I mean I hate to give him anything but like that <laughs> that's the lesson he's learned yep oh yeah, yeah. from society um and so yeah still a piece of shit but um it's that that is partly you know from from his you know the way he was raised you know in that and that um yeah it's not like we tell men to find out what gives their partner pleasure yeah that's not part of our education or our culture it's it, it, it's the opposite we ex we expect them to know and be good at it yeah and especially, you know, for couples who get together young yeah. and then things shift at some point. And, you know, I'm all about people like being able to then when things shift, expressing their needs and change things up. There is a real ego hit to yeah. like we've been doing it this way for like 10, 15 years and this isn't working. Mm -hmm. Um has this never worked and like why is this a problem now and like there's so much stuff that comes up in that yeah um as people like learn about their bodies and you know just we're in such a fucking sex negative culture that the idea of someone developing these needs and then asking for them is just so um anathema to what 
you know, most people's lived experience is that it really messes things up. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it is a, it is a huge, um, tragedy, but I think that it is much, um, safer to your relationship to say, this doesn't work for me anymore than to say, actually, this has never worked for me. And I've just been enduring this for 15 years. Right. So I, I, I think that the latter can, could really fuck up the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because just no one going into that relationship had the information that they needed. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing is it is it's really the it's it's nobody's fault that that, that these people did not know how to how to give or talk about pleasure, and yeah. so they they just went through the, this this whole this whole pantomime. Um, but um, but yeah, like you can you can you, you can revise your sexual script with your partner it's totally fair it's totally okay it's like you know actually this this doesn't work for me anymore i'm not i'm I'm not interested in this um you know and that's that's how a lot of people eventually you know start uh start trying kink after being interested in all their lives is because they express it and you know and their partner's like oh huh that's weird and you know but inside they're like yes You know, and and there are a lot of people who actually don't know what they want or what they like. 100%. Because they didn't ever learn. Yeah. Um, And especially, again, you know, people assigned female at birth, you know, don't tend to learn masturbation, you know, and how to really, you know, how their body really works. And I know when I've talked to some people and, and, and said, like, you know, like, basically, like, how does your clit work? What do you like? They're kind of like, uh. Yeah. Uh, and you know, um, they, they didn't actually know. And so I was like, okay, just give me lots of feedback. And and then there becomes a lot of, do you like this? Do you like this? And sometimes the answer is like, yes to everything. And, (laughs) you know, they're just, they're just super happy. And, and, you know, but then that's when a lot of questioning, like, do you want fingers inside? Do you, you know, how many fingers do you like this in tandem? Like, and, and some people would think that was a super awkward thing to be getting all of these questions but i'm just trying to like fine tune you know as i go to like figure out like it's like just give me the cheat codes okay yeah. i got the q all right yeah. and uh, okay then it's xz okay and then there's the seven okay and like I'm, but you know but if, if you're but if you're using if you're using your sex voice yeah. essentially then it's fine right it's like it's like do you want me to put my fingers inside you you know it's like is this does that feel you do you want me to stroke you or just you know uh, or just uh, put the fill you up you know like there's, yeah. there's so many ways to you know you you can you can talk about the, these things and you know and and I, i've had partners who, who really had a hard time um you know answering those questions at any point and you know and, and sometimes it sort of you know give but you know but they would all, they would almost invariably give some yeah you know responses that were helpful but i've found that um you know asking about about those things and sort of you know trying to sort of follow what they're describing they uh, they will often then kind of steer me with their hands, yeah. right? Because they still can't find their words, but I've I've kind of made it clear that I'm that I'm interested in sort of you know zeroing in on it. Yeah, yeah. Steer with your hands, or even like it's like you know moan when I get this right <laughs> or something, you know? Because sometimes it's just kind of silence, and then you hear it, and you're like, oh, okay, All right, there, there we go. go. We're yeah. we're getting closer. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember. I think when I was when I was a demo at at uh, that pussy massage course and and he was like 
you know, fine tuning doing that. And there's, and there's this motion and this motion and then this motion. And it was just like, ah, (laughs) and he's like, okay, apparently we've, we've got our winner. Um, And so, and now I'm able to, to tell people, oh yeah, like, okay, here we go. Do this particular stroke. And, and that's wonderful for me. Um, So yeah, it, it can be really, really helpful in those moments. And, and if you are able to, you know, take the time and try to learn how your body works, you know, and, and it's the same, you know, for people with penises, like some people really like the whole shaft stimulated. Some people are really much focused on the head. Some people really don't like the focus on the head. Some people really like underneath, like, you know, it's, well, and, 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 and some people, um, they, they don't know what to say because they've never really thought about it. You know, yeah. they, they can get themselves off, yeah. but they've never really thought about, oh, you know, I, 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 uh, I use a loose grip or a tight grip. I, I actually, you know, I, I move the, the skin like a sheath. I, you know, I, um, um, I use uh, a flat hand rather than, you know, my, uh, my finger right, right against it. You know, there's, there's so many, yeah. like so many nuances that, you know, if you, if you, uh, sort of take a bit of time to think about what works on you, then you can, you can help to communicate that to somebody else. Now, you know, uh, you will all you always be able to get perfect pressure with yourself that yeah. you may not be able to, to get with somebody yeah. else, you know? So sometimes the techniques you use on yourself just won't work. So yeah. it will take some experimentation to see what works from, from, a from somebody else's hands. Yeah. And sometimes the, but sometimes the excitement of someone else doing it Absolutely. Sort of, yeah. you know, overrides that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons that it's so wonderful to masturbate with someone. Yes. Because you can watch you them can watch, yeah. and you can see like, oh, this is how you do that. Um, can, can feel really like it's both exciting visually to watch someone get themselves off, but to, to get, to learn that, um, as well to, to get a sense of, of how they pleasure themselves can be a really wonderful way to, to learn about their bodies and, and help you be able to get them off. Um, you know, if orgasm is a goal and orgasm doesn't have to be a goal, that is another thing that, um, I think we don't always talk about enough. Yeah, that's true. Um, orgasms are wonderful and, um, but yeah, they don't have to be a goal and that pleasure for its own sake can be amazing. And so learning how to, to not just get someone off, but how to give them, a lot of pleasure is really satisfying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I find that when my libido is sort of uh, ebbed a bit and I think a lot of people experience the same thing. Um, I, I might be interested in sex, but avoid it because, you know, I might not sort of respond as strongly as, as mm. I really want to do and stuff. Uh, you know, and then sometimes if I, if I do get aroused um, and then it wanes off and then I'm not really interested in, in having an orgasm and stuff. And so, you know, it can, it can feel like, uh, it can feel a bit like you're broken when it, when mm. it feels like that. And so, um, you know, just sort of the, the idea of, of, uh, um, you know, sex for pleasure and, and orgasm, not, not being the, the finish line, you know, can help to sort of alleviate the, the anxiety around, uh, sexual contact that comes from having a lower libido. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's just be, be in this moment for whatever it is in this moment and not have it, yeah, be quite as focused as this is where we need to go. And, you know, embracing the awkward 
you know, again, this this idea of the flow is this, you know, magic thing that just goes, but like sex can be really awkward. Like it's kind of a weird thing we're doing. Um, <laughs> what? It's like, what is even happening? Like right trying now? to explain this to aliens? Yeah, it'd be um, really tough. So I mean, they'd get the butt stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> the aliens are ass freaks. Um, but yeah, just being able to like have awkwardness not be like the the sex killing event you know like it's just like sometimes it's awkward and and being able to just kind of be like yeah okay well i mean the the thing about having having sex where you we don't really communicate and you go with the flow is that you may not know how very awkward it was for the other person right yeah. so you're avoiding an awkwardness but but you're in your avoidance you're actually foisting all the awkwardness onto the other party. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the combination of you being so aroused and, um, you know, and them wanting to, you know, wanting to please you, um, you know, can, can fool you into thinking that it was magical when, you know, when in reality, they're like, like, Oh, this wasn't really working for me, but here we are, you know? So, so j- just because you don't think it's awkward doesn't mean it's not awkward. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. You know, and, uh, you know, your needs are more important than upholding patriarchal myths. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the other thing is the, is the payoff of smashing patriarchal myths, yeah. right? Like, you, the, that's that's got value in and of itself. Yeah, you just kind of want to stand up and do some crotch chops at the <laughs> patriarchy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we didn't do it the way you told us to. The patriarchy. <laughs> You're not my dad. Well, <laughs> Guess you kind the patriarchy of, is your kind, dad, really. Kind of is yeah. my dad, but anyway, um, <laughs> it's not my daddy. <laughs> so, so yeah, like being able to, you know, anytime we can just say like "fuck you" to the system that has that is controlling, you know, these messed up myths is is a really satisfying moment and and worth it for for just that alone. Well, and and the it's it's a it's a skill that you develop. Yeah. Right. Like maybe maybe it seems like it's awkward because you haven't tried it and it will get less awkward. Both it will get less awkward with you as you practice it and it will get less awkward with a partner as it goes. You know, and so it might be something that's that feels quite awkward with that partner. You know, the the, sort of the the first couple of like sort of exchanges you have about it but yeah you know um both over the course of of that that encounter and you know and over other encounters it will just get get very seamless and and you'll find that you know that even right away it will probably really enhance things rather than taking away from it just creating that that sort of you know uh, sexy talk just amps up the kind of mental activity that's going on with the with the sex yeah and and often I find, like, admitting that something is awkward outright, like, okay, this may, f- may feel kind of awkward, but can also sometimes diffu- diffuse, 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 words, uh, can sometimes diffuse the awkwardness, uh, because you've just acknowledged it, and then everyone can move on. Um <laughs> So that can be satisfying. But as you said, like you just the more you do it, the the more comfortable it gets. And, and you're exercising that muscle in a way that it gets more and more natural. And um, yeah, 
can have some of the good sexes. Yeah. Go, going with the flow assumes that you know the direction of that flow and you and the other person knows and is happy with the direction of that flow. And it, it might not. You might want to go in a completely different direction. Yeah. And the adventures that you can have when you when you deviate from the script. Yes. Oh, my God. So great. Yeah. But speaking of, uh, like, sexy adventures, uh, yeah, the hmm. pandemic. Um, the what? We have not been having sexy adventures and do not know when such sexy adventures will commence. Um, I know personally, my libido has been at basically a negative this entire time. I know some people have been like, you know, really revved up. That has not been the case for me um, and other things going on in my life right now. I've I've kind of alternated both, and uh, I uh, I really miss group sex. Yes. Yep. Um, so yeah, we're going to, to take a bit of a hiatus on the podcast. Um, it's been quite a challenge to come up with topics and feel up to talking about sexy things. Um, so yeah, we, we really love, we really love it when we're inspired and, and want to have a topic like, like this one that we, uh, we jumped on and it felt really good and, and the flow seemed to work. Um, but but yeah, it, we're we're gonna take a bit of a break, and hopefully, we'll we'll come back when when things settle a bit, or we'll just every now and then uh, release release an episode. I know people have probably noticed that they've you know been like every other month instead of every month over the past little while, um, but I it just seems better right now. Um, to, yeah, just just acknowledge it, and you know, and and. Who knows? Maybe we'll 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 get struck with inspiration. Uh, maybe it will be a few months until our next podcast. But uh, but certainly, this pandemic isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I know that some people are out there starting to explore with other people, and yeah, that's not a choice I would make. Um. So. Now that said, we did talk about making a glory hole. So. Yes, we we did. <laughs> But I believe that was for each other. <laughs> that would have to be a pretty big hole to get me. In. Anyway, um, yeah. So um, we really appreciate the support that that you all have had for us, and um, we really do hope to get back uh, chatting about about sexy stuff and uh, and the uh, smashing the patriarchy that we tend to add into it. <laughs> um, you know, sometime soon. Um, but yeah, just wanted to let everybody know that we were going to take a bit of a break and hope to be back at it. Okay, bye. Thank you for joining us. Want to make us the happiest podcasters ever? Rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast platform and tell your friends about us. And if you don't like the podcast, tell your enemies. Why should you suffer alone? We've got swag. Check out the line of Wampa Wand merch, or um, non-infringing space Yeti merch, at onthewetcoast.redbubble.com. we got stickers and t-shirts and, yeah, my novel, Waking Up Polyamorous, and my sexy memoir, Yelling and Pasties, The Wet Coast Confessions of an Anxious Slut, are available in various formats at amazon.com, I know, boo, Amazon, or visit onthewetcoast.com for links to other marketplaces. Follow us on Twitter at Wet Coast Cat, at Sirius Flick, at On the Wet Coast. 
email comments or questions to contact at onthewetcoast.com. Go to onthewetcoast.com for cat's blog, toy reviews, and more. Go with the flow. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> what is that? It's, my, it's this summer's dance jam. Ah, uh, is it a banger? <laughs> I, what? <laughs>